This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hello and welcome to Saver, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about cilantro. Yes, and so many of you have suggested this one. And I know why. (laughs) It's fascinating. (laughs) And people hate it or they love it. And it's fascinating. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, we we both, uh, a little bit disappointingly to me, are cilantro lovers, though. I think it would be much more fun if one of us hated it, just for the sake of the conversation. Yes. Another uh, mayo redux, perhaps. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, I love cilantro. I think it adds so much in things like pho and a banh mi oh, and tabule. Yeah. Mexican food. Um, I'm always happy when I see it. In a dish. In fact, today I went grocery shopping and I bought a huge bunch of cilantro. And I've already used it twice. I'm going (laughs) to use it for dinner. My hands smell like cilantro and I love it. I used to make a cilantro sugar rim for cocktails. That was great. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That sounds so good. It was very delicious. But I have so many friends who tell me it tastes like soap and absolutely hate it. Like, Huh. Get angry when it is present. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had a friend who would get mad at me when I would eat. At one particular occasion, I was eating tabbouleh near her, and she got angry with me because oh. cilantro was nearby. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. And I did do this super taster test in high school, which if 
listeners don't know. It was just like this strip that you put in your mouth and you could taste like if you tasted the bitterness, then it supposedly meant you were a super taster, which was a genetic or like a predisposition to taste like a, a extra bitter things. Okay. Okay. Um, and I did, I was a super taster. It's, it's, I think 20% or less. It's a smaller number of people who would say that they could taste this bitterness and supposedly, according to my science teacher who administered this test, it would mean things like you wouldn't like cilantro. But I still love cilantro and I tasted the bitterness. So I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do not know about that either. But yes, I, I love I love a cilantro. I love a coriander. I, I've grown cilantro in my garden and that stuff is wily. During a hot summer, it will go to seed so fast and uh, then just reseed itself everywhere that it was not planted. <laughs> and then for the next several years, you just have surprise cilantro that just happens. Surprise cilantro. I love it. <laughs> yes. Oh, I was excited about it as well, but I but I could see this quickly becoming some kind of terrible hellscape for all of these non-cilantro oh, humans. The super tasters of mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. mm. Did you ever take the super taster test? No, no, I haven't. I looked into it. It seems like it's legit because I haven't heard of it since this high school experience. So I was like, maybe that was just some weird. I don't know how accurate it was. <laughs> seems like it's a real thing, though. But yeah, listeners, if you've ever taken the super taster test, let us know. Yeah. Oh, I think that Josh and Chuck and Jerry took it a few years back. And I think I feel like Jerry was a super taster. And I can't remember how the other two dudes shook out. But she hmm. was she was like she was like what I, I I like I don't mind food it's fine <laughs> That seems to be the case with a lot of people like it is if you should desire it it's possible for you to get over your hatred of cilantro Yeah uh, yeah no There are ways No pressure <laughs> um and no. we will we will talk about that later but uh but I suppose this brings us to our question Yes cilantro what is it? Well, uh, cilantro is a plant that is used both as an herb uh, for its tender green leaves and as a spice for its hard seed pods that may be ground into powder. In the U.S., uh, the herb is called cilantro and the spice is called coriander. Um, and the herb tastes uh, fresh and a little floral, kind of bittersweet and sort of lemony, um, with the spice being a, a kind of concentration of that and a little spicy hot or, or musky or nutty as well. Um, it's very bright, uh, uh, very summery uh, as an herb or a spice, unless your genes hate it, in which case it tastes like soap. Or I've even read uh, dead bugs as a description. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, more on that in a moment. Uh, yes. So, um, so in the English-speaking world outside of the United States, both the herb part and the spice part are often both called coriander. Um, in the Americas, the Spanish word colantro or cilantro caught on. Instead, for the herb, those words derive from the late to medieval Latin um, coliandrum or celiandrum, um, which were themselves alternate forms of the earlier Latin coriandrum. So, fun times with phonemes. Um, the botanical name for coriander does nod to that early Latin. It's a coriandrum sativum. It's part of the carrot family, Apiaceae. And the plants will grow from uh, being seeds to making seeds in about three months. Uh, they'll grow to about a 
foot and a half to two feet tall. That's around half a meter. And put off these little sprays of real cute little uh, white to pink to purple flowers and develop these wee round fruits that are essentially just seed pods that dry from green to yellow to brown on the plant and are uh, usually toasted before being ground. And yeah, the, the fruits are described often as being like unpleasantly bitter before they mature and dry and give off a very strong scent, um, which some people think is how coriandrum got its name in the first place, and it's related to this Greek word for bedbugs, or possibly just bugs in general, or possibly gnats. Uh, mysteries, history. Indeed. Yeah. Mysteries, present day, also. I've also... <laughs> s- oh, yeah, both. Both. <laughs> uh, and I have seen recipes call for the green seed pods as well, so it's clearly not unpleasantly bitter to everybody. But at any rate, uh, yeah, the um, the plant does prefer slightly cooler than summer weather, but uh, will not survive a frost and must be replanted annually. The leaves look a bit like flat parsley, which is also in the same carrot family. And y'all, I cannot tell you how many times my household has mixed up flat parsley with cilantro in the supermarket, but then just realized that cilantro is amazing on dishes that we never would have expected. <laughs> That's great. That's yeah. a fun discovery. We're like, well, this isn't what we meant, but heck, it's good. <laughs> yeah, the, the leaves are used sprinkled fresh in everything from salsa and tacos to uh, to warm bowls of pho to salads to just a garnish for whatever. Um, the spice is used to season everything from sausages to masalas to baked goods to liquors and beers. It lends itself to both savory and sweet preparations. Um, and both are found in cuisines around the world. Uh, But why is it so divisive? The question you've all been waiting for. Yes. Basically because it contains a bunch of volatile compounds um, in the aldehyde family, which smell pretty strong. It's a strong flavor. Um, Mm -hmm. And a number of studies over the past couple decades, because science is apparently very interested in this, um, have have identified four genes that appear to be linked to people either liking or disliking cilantro. The brand 23andMe did this survey of like over 25,000 people um, and uh, correlated that with their uh, with their genetics and uh, found a gene in this one cluster of odor detecting genes that seems to correlate with finding cilantro soapy. And this other team of geneticists did a study in twins along similar lines and found two genes for sensing bitter flavors and one gene for sensing pungent, like a spicy hot flavors that also seem to correlate with uh, with cilantro preference. Um, Though both studies, researchers point out that it's still very much a matter of personal preference. Um, And that if, yes, if you want to change your dislike for cilantro, again, no pressure, uh, you can you can totally just like expose yourself to it in positive contexts and learn to enjoy it. Dislike for it has been found to be much less frequent in subjects whose uh, whose home cuisines include it. Uh, generally, people of South Asian, Latin American, and Middle Eastern descent um, were found to have only a, a three to seven percent disapproval rating of cilantro, as opposed to fourteen to twenty one percent disapproval for people of African, European, and East Asian descent. Wow. It sounds like we're talking about a politician one, but also, <laughs> I I would guess the number would be much higher with the rate of people I know who don't like cilantro. But, well, um, 
Well. Hmm, maybe they just dislike it so vehemently, <laughs> vehemently that it feels like a bigger number, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's those. It's it's that minority of loud voices kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and and I will also say that that crushing the leaves, um, either chopping them, um, or uh, or or blending them, uh, like in a pesto or something like that, um, will release a bunch of those aldehydes. And uh, and let those very strong uh, chemicals uh, either dissipate or convert into more mild compounds um, that you might have less of a problem with. So that might be a good entrance into not hating cilantro. <laughs> the like, pesto path. <laughs> the pesto path. Again, yes. no pressure. No pressure. No, no pressure at all. Um, what about the nutrition? Um, like many herbs and spices, cilantro and coriander have a lot of flavor bang for their caloric buck. Um, but you're also probably not eating enough for it to really make like a nutritive dis- difference in your diet. However, also like many herbs and spices, uh, adding some to food can help you mitigate the amount of uh, more potentially uh, deleterious seasonings like like salt or fat that you might add. So that's pretty cool. Um, all that being said, Compounds in cilantro um, and coriander are are being investigated for various things like uh, antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, pain-relieving, antifungal, and antibacterial properties. Um, That is more for, like, future medicinal applications than, like, for personal use. Um, Though these findings are interestingly backing up some of the, like, traditional or, or folk medicine applications that cilantro has been used for over the centuries. But... As always, <laughs> our bodies are complicated. More research is necessary before ingesting a medicinal amount of anything. Uh, consult a doctor who is not us. We really need to get that trademarked. <laughs> Coming too slowly on this. Someone's going to take it from under us, Lauren. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh they wouldn't dare. <laughs> well, they'd be foolish to. That's for sure. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, we do have some numbers for you. We do. Um, Mexico was the largest exporter of cilantro in 2008 with 42 million kilograms. Um, oh. California produces the most in the U.S. with upwards of 56 million pounds a year. Yes. According to the CDC's National Outbreak Reporting System, cilantro was associated with 20 outbreaks from 1998 to 2017. Uh, these resulted from, from unsanitary growing or harvesting conditions. Um, in total, over those two decades, uh, 659 people got sick, 67 were hospitalized, but no one died. Um, as s- similar to how we've seen lettuce recalls over the past couple years, uh, this is an issue because the herb is eaten raw um, without much, if any, heat being applied to it. So any hazardous microbes that grow in or on the plant are not destroyed during cooking um, and are thus more likely to make it into our systems and make us sick. So, Yes. Um, and as we've been discussing, some people truly, deeply despise cilantro. There are Facebook groups and websites dedicated to the hatred of cilantro, including IHateCilantro.com that has, they have 4,000 registered members. They sell t-shirts, whole thing. Yeah, yeah. They also have a collection of haiku. In fact, um, for example, this one from author Erica, 
Dark herb cilantro slithers through my burrito. If only I knew. <laughs> if only I knew. <laughs> I have heard that a lot, that it's like a really upsetting surprise. No. The cilantro surprise cilantro again. Cilantro surprise, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, yeah, yeah. They, they like make their rice with it and stuff at some places. So, yeah. Dark herb cilantro. Very good job, Erica. I I approve. Even if I disagree with your overall view on cilantro, I really dig. It's a good poem. It's a good poem. Yeah. Can't deny it. No. Mm -mm. (laughs) Can't deny that there's some some interesting history with cilantro. Yes. uh, And we will get into that after we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with a quibble. I have a quibble. A quibble? Um, a quibble, I say. <laughs> okay, first of all, I didn't know cilantro and coriander were essentially viewed as the same thing throughout most of the world. Uh-huh. Um, so that was confusing in terms of searching for things. Sure. Secondly, I really thought that the history of cilantro was going to be much easier <laughs> to ascertain because people do seem fascinated with it. Um, and I was certain that cilantro haters and lovers alike would have really dug into the history of cilantro, but that doesn't seem to be the case. There's, it's kind of lacking, to be honest. Well, heck. Uh, well, well, what, what, what do you have for us? 
Well, what I can tell you, Lauren, <laughs> is that <laughs> at thousands of years old, cilantro is thought to be one of the oldest herbs known to humans. Um, historians believe that uh, cilantro may have originated in the Mediterranean over 5,000 years ago, and or perhaps it originated in Asia or North Africa simultaneously, differently. You know how this goes by now, listeners. <laughs> um, archaeologists found 8,000-year-old seeds of coriander in Israeli caves. It may have been present in the tombs of ancient Egyptian mummies, particularly like uh, pharaohs, perhaps. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hippocrates wrote about it. Uh, Coriander is mentioned in the Tales of Arabian Nights, which was written over 1,000 years ago. Sanskrit writings from 1500 BCE mention cilantro, and coriander is mentioned in the Bible when manna is described as, quote, small, round, and white, like coriander seed. Huh. Okay. So, yes, as a... Yes. Okay, indeed. As an American, uh, I guess I... I kept trying to differentiate between coriander and cilantro, and I'm going back and forth, and to me, that feels wrong. But uh, I guess around <laughs> most of the world, <laughs> it might feel a little odd, perhaps, but not wrong. <laughs> cilantro reached Southeast Asia by at least 400 CE. The ancient Romans probably spread it throughout Europe, including to Britain, where it was used culinarily, medicinally, but also in things like love potions. Oh, I just had to put that in Okay, there. yeah. Yeah. Um, for British Victorians, it meant hidden merit in the language of flowers. <laughs> cool. <laughs> hidden merit sounds like something you would tell someone who consistently doesn't win awards. <laughs> like, oh, you, you, got, you got hidden merit. You're doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it'll come out eventually. It's just hidden. That's I love um, I love the potential snark that you really could fit into Victorian flower language. That's amazing. I do too. I do too. By the 17th century, cilantro had reached France, where it went on to be used in a well-known French liqueur at the time called Eau de Cannes. Cilantro was later introduced to Austria and Spain to improve agricultural conditions and as part of horticultural programs. And yes, cilantro has long been used medicinally. Um, Mexicans used it to mask unpleasant flavors in medicine. Ancient Greeks and Romans used it for cramping and other digestive issues. In China and India, it was also used medicinally and culinarily. In some cultures, it may have been used as an aphrodisiac. And this is just like a, a handful of things. It was used for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Spanish conquistadors brought cilantro to modern-day Mexico in the 1500s one of the first herbs they transported to the Americas. Um, written records from English and French gardening books show that disparaging comments about cilantro's taste in Europe go back to the 1600s. <laughs> Historians think this may have been a part of an effort to move away from, quote, old taste and create a newer, more modern European cuisine. Huh. So I guess they came out swinging at cilantro. They were like, this ancient herb in particular. It's, hold, it's holding us back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we need to move ahead. Modern. More modern. Less cilantro. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was most likely introduced to the West Indies, at least by the 19th century. Britain mentioned it in his 1918 work on the flora of Bermuda and Britain and Wilson. Included it in their 1920 work on the flora of Puerto Rico, 
where they wrote it was grown in gardens for culinary purposes. This is something I know we've talked about this before, Lauren, but I love it when in papers a last name is just given and it's like, obviously, you know who this is, right? I'm like, and I'm like, I'm yeah. a podcaster. No, no, I don't. <laughs> I have no idea who Brilliant you're Wilson. talking about, but cool. Cool. They do sound like a, a team, like a detective team or something. <laughs> But no, I don't know. Britton and Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Horticultural detectives. Into oh, it. Another another show that Hollywood needs to get on. And I don't know why they haven't done it already. Okay. Okay. Um, skipping way ahead. In 2002, Julia Child <laughs> confessed in an interview with Larry King that she detested cilantro. Yeah, she apparently said that like if she if she is served it in food she will pick it out and throw it on the floor which sounds like a very julia child thing to say um so <laughs> yes <laughs> so she was not on team cilantro no um no oh shirts we need to make shirts Ooh. oh see people get into that stuff you know you got your your twilight team edward team jacob yeah but you've also got your food world Team cilantro, team I hate cilantro. Yeah. So. <laughs> I was just ideas abound. <laughs> <laughs> that dead air for a second was me just imagining shirt design and then realizing I'm still not a designer. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Listeners, you're our only hope. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We do still. I wonder. I wonder if uh, if if cilantro or maybe a good flat parsley is pictured in that Herb Your Enthusiasm shirt that we have up on. Um, oh, yeah. Tea Public. Tea Public. There you go. Lauren. There you go. <laughs> Look us up on Tea Public, folks. Buy a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, in 2017, the uh, the International Herb Association designated cilantro their herb of the year. Or perhaps Get it, herb of the year, depending on, you know. I didn't ask them. It could be either. It could be. Also, you know, I guess they said cilantro and not coriander. So there's a lot of a lot of little things here <laughs> that could annoy certain <laughs> sex of people. <laughs> I wonder if cilantro is the most divisive herb. Uh, I can't think of a more divisive one off the top of my head. But to be fair, it's been a long day and I'm not thinking very hard about it. <laughs> That's fair. Well, I'll, you know what? We'll all sit and think on it <laughs> and then report back. That sounds good. That sounds perfect. Yes. Yes. <laughs> In the meantime, I suppose that's all we have to say about cilantro for now. Yes. Um, uh, I, I suspect that, that part of what's going on here is just that like it was so pervasive for so long that people didn't really feel the need to write down a whole lot about it. Um, and so now we are left in this space where we're kind of like, well, it's been around forever. It's been used for many purposes forever, but it was just kind of there. So everyone was like, eh, no need to talk about that one. I did. Yeah. Because I did after I was like, wait a minute, there's not a lot of readily available information on cilantro. I, I specifically went down like, how did it get introduced into Vietnamese cuisine? And how did it get introduced into Mexican cuisine? And it was still kind of like, it just got there and then people liked it. So they started adding it into things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but, but yes, uh, uh, we do have some listener mail for you. 
We do, but first we have one more quick break forward from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Listener See, you either love it or hate it. These are the things... That, that we must think on, that divide us. But we can bridge the gap, you know what I mean? We can. We can. <laughs> we can. Speaking of something that's very divisive, um, yeah. Melissa wrote about our pimento cheese episode. Oh, my goodness, this episode brought back childhood memories. The town I grew up in is on the Virginia-Tennessee border, very rural Appalachian. My parents love pimento cheese and tried to feed it to me my entire childhood. Mom would say, I don't know why you won't eat it. You love cheese and olives. Hmm. Annie, our hate for mayonnaise is probably equal. I don't eat anything mayo-based. So fast forward to high school years, and while flipping through a Southern living at the dentist, I read a recipe for pimento cheese. Mayo! No wonder (laughs) pimento cheese is vile. Mom hid the ingredients my entire childhood and tried to force mayo on me. Oh, how vindicated I felt as I showed her my proof of hatred. <laughs> Never again will someone force pimento cheese on me. That said, I hope you tried Tupelo Honey's warm pimento cheese when you were in Asheville. <laughs> it's amazing and more similar to a nacho dip. It still has mayo as an ingredient, but also three or four different types of mustard. It's so yummy. <laughs> oh, that is that is an impressive flip. I, yes. I, I was surprised. I wasn't expecting it. Uh, 
Good show. Mm-hmm. It was a twist. Yeah, it that- was a twist. <laughs> uh, I also really appreciated it. And I, yeah, I don't think we did get to try it, which is a bummer. Uh, that does sound lovely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The next time, the next time we're up there, Annie, you try it and report back to me. And as you know, I'm terrible at that kind of thing, but I will probably say it's salty and delicious. Yeah, that's these are the reviews that I look forward to when we get to get back out into the world. Perfect. This next one is from a previous uh, writer inner, Shauna. I think she has previously given us a pronunciation, which we do not currently have access to and I have forgotten. So so that's completely my bad. Uh, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing your name. Um, They wrote... I have recently been binge listening to you guys as I've been busy of late and fallen behind. And so I have a few, I'm using the term loosely, things to comment on. I have experienced a couple of coincidence episodes, the first being the Skipjack tuna episode. While I was at work, I ate a pouch of tuna for lunch and just happened to notice that it was Skipjack. When I got in my car to head home, imagine my surprise when I press play and y'all start talking about none other than Skipjack. The second coincidence was the Fallout episode. I had heard of the game but never seen nor played it. A few hours after listening to the episode, I went to my brother's. When I went into Big Boy Child's at my oldest nephew's room, he just happened to be playing Fallout. After I realized what game he was playing, I was able to tell him he needed to pick up the glowing blue Nuka-Cola, which he walked by thinking it was dangerous. Uh, I had never heard of muscadine before moving to North Carolina. Someone had brought some into work and offered me some grapes. I put that horrible thing in my mouth and just about died because I was, of course, expecting an everyday run-of-the-mill green grape. Um, There is, however, a place here that makes a cider of the purple muscadines, and it is absolutely tasty. The first time I ever heard of boba tea, it sounded like I was being told bobbly. I kept wondering why the pre-made pizza crust company found it necessary to open a shop. Once I realized it wasn't a pizza crust place, I had questions about what the heck I was about to ingest. Turns out I like it. My sister-in-law loves the stuff so much that at their wedding, uh, for the special drink, there was flavored sweet teas with fruity bubbles. I don't like store-bought pimento cheese. There's something about it that tastes weird and upsets my stomach. I did, however, try a Damaris Phillips recipe. Um, I used it for my birthday meal last year. I threw a ladies-only picnic southern-style tea party. I made pimento cheese sandwiches, tomato sandwiches, chicken salad with grapes and pecans, we needed protein, sweet tea, and for dessert, I made a riff on peach cobbler and strawberry shortcake. See attached photos, and yes, those are giant ants that I put all over because ants always come to picnics. Lauren, you had mentioned the Muffin Man scene from Shrek, and I about died as it is my favorite scene in the whole movie. I mean, my favorite scene so much that I quote it at least once a day. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I was once I was once asked what to me seemed like a random question, which was what is a movie you quote constantly that people don't ever seem to get that you're quoting a movie? Oh, uh uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Mine is The Mummy, 1999. Um, <laughs> beware of the curse! Beware! <laughs> and yes, every oh, yeah. day. <laughs> it was years. It was years before I picked up that that was a mummy quote. <laughs> that was pretty good. Now you know. <laughs> 
And knowing is half the mummy. Yes, yes, absolutely. But the other half is cats. <laughs> you have to have a cat. Keep him from regenerating. I just watched the mummy. Uh, <laughs> In that kind of weekend. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yes. Well, I love this. I love that when listeners have these kind of uh, coincidental yeah. episodes of like something happens in your life where it makes sense with what we're talking about and uh, that we can somehow contribute to your knowledge of Fallout, for instance, and make <laughs> you maybe look cool in front of your nephew. Like, <laughs> That's what we live for. <laughs> oh yes. Oh no. Ab- absolutely. It's that those kind of happenstances are beautiful. Yes. Yes, they are. And we would love to hear more about them. So thanks to these listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SaverPod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressings, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.